Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, August 15th. We are here live. We're going to open the phone lines right now, and it is a free-for-all. So pick up the phone and jump in and join us. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, we can talk about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and join us. Jump in right now. We'll be here for the next hour or until we run out of calls. So it's up to you. 855-950-3835. That's the number to join us. I've got some things I'm going to talk about. And uh, once your calls start coming in, we'll find out what's on your mind. So line them up. All right. So on Friday, unfortunately... The House passed the horribly named Inflation Reduction Act. You can't spend your way out of inflation. It's the exact opposite. The more you spend, the more you make inflation worse. And we're spending hundreds of billions of dollars again. I hope this is at least the end of it. I doubt that they can do much more damage between now and November, but uh, there's a lot just not working well right now in our country and our economy. It's hard to tell exactly what this bill's going to do. Um, honestly, the biggest thing I'm worried about, there are some, it's a very green bill, which is worrisome. I one of the things that's hard to verify this, we haven't seen the, all the text yet, but I have heard there is a credit in there for $40,000 if you buy an electric truck. And lo and behold, Tesla announces their electric truck will be out by the end of this year. They'll be they'll be selling and delivering trucks by the end of this year, they claim. Uh, I'm pretty sure that has a lot to do with the $40,000 credit. That's huge. It should never happen. They should not be taking money from us, the taxpayers, so that trucking companies can go buy new, very, very experimental technology. I, I am a big fan of electric so far, but I do not want the government to get involved. I don't want tax breaks or tax credits. Let the free market figure it out. It's, it's insane. Now, I haven't seen any new pricing on the Tesla yet. I think I'm going to go do some digging and see what I can find. The original price that I remember, there was one truck, I believe, at 160000 And then there was one that was either 180 or 200 It was uh, it, basically, it was just range. You were, you were paying for more battery. Um, which, you know, at 160 just puts it at a reasonably priced diesel powered truck today until you get a $40,000 credit. If that's the case, you could buy a new Tesla cheaper than you could buy used diesel trucks. It just shouldn't happen that way, but it, uh, looks like it's going to, um, 
shoot for forty thousand dollars maybe i'll go back uh i'll go back and build a custom fifth wheel and i'll go buy a tesla tractor to pull it with that'd be fun but uh i just i don't like the way we're doing that now the other big problem in this bill that i see is that there are tax law changes and they can make all the claims they want that it only affects people who earn under four hundred thousand. that's just not true and we don't even know what the tax law changes are they'll probably be complicated um worse than that though this bill spends billions of your dollars to hire 86 or 87,000 new IRS agents. Now, IRS agents do one thing, basically. They audit people. That's it. You know, we all know that our tax code is way too complicated for most people. That's why most of us pay somebody else to do our tax return. It's a lot to keep up with if... um, if you're not constantly reading and staying up on the tax law changes, you're going to have a problem. And one of the things most people don't realize, you know, 86, 87,000 new agents, a lot more audits. A lot of people might be thinking, well, I pay somebody else to do my tax return. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Here's the crazy thing about our tax system. We all agree the code is too complicated for most people to get correct. Most people who understand our tax code will even tell you no matter how good the tax preparer is there's a really good chance there are mistakes in the tax return in virtually every tax return normally if you're using somebody really good and they're expensive it's because you've got a really complicated tax return so the best tax preparers on the planet make mistakes all the time our code is too complicated for anybody But here's the thing. When you pay somebody to do your tax return, now, there might be some people out there who know how to do a tax return and still pay somebody else just because they don't want to take the time. That's not the majority. It's not even close. The majority of people pay a tax preparer because they don't understand the tax code. But here's the problem. When you sign that tax return, you are claiming that it is true and correct. Well, if you had to pay somebody else to do it because you don't know how, how do you know that it's true and correct? You don't, but you're signing your name. You are always, always 100% responsible for any mistake on that tax return because you are signing it saying it's correct. It's kind of crazy. But that's the way the system works. And you will be responsible for the penalties and interest on the mistakes that are found. And here's the other thing. Most audits happen a couple of years after you file the tax return. At least a year and sometimes closer to two, which means once they find the mistake, you go back to the day the tax return was filed And that's when interest and penalties start to accrue on the mistakes they find. Now, you could potentially sue your tax preparer for the fees and and interest, but you will always, always owe the additional tax. 
There's no way you can put that on your tax preparer. Fees and penalties maybe, but you'd have to sue them in civil court to get it. It's not automatic. You have to, and the IRS doesn't want to hear that you're not going to pay the interest and penalties because it's your tax preparer's fault and you're suing him or her or them. You would have to pay the IRS first and then hope to collect your money back from your tax preparer. How about this? Instead of hiring 87,000 new agents and all they do is go audit people to try to find more money, and that's, I, I got to tell you, going through a tax audit's a traumatic experience. Terrifies most people. It can go on for months or longer. It's just not good. Why don't we actually try to improve the system? If we're going to spend billions of dollars on hiring people, instead of hiring agents, why don't we hire people to educate tax preparers and help them file their tax return correctly in the first place? 87,000 people helping us would be a huge improvement over 87,000 people trying to screw us and find more money. Why don't we just make the system better? But we don't. Um, and this, this don't believe for one minute that this is only going to be, these, these agents are only going to be used for people who make $400,000 or more. Let me dispel that lie right now. It's not a myth. It's a lie. They are outright lying. Look at the statistics right now. Before the money hits, before they hire new agents, look at who they audit the most now. Right now, the largest group is people who make less than $75,000 a year. They get more audits than anybody. The richest people get the fewest. That's how the system has always worked. And now they just come out right out and lie because nobody pays attention to that kind of stuff. If, if they really want to go after the rich people, why didn't they do it a long time ago? If that, it, even if it's this administration that wants to do it. They've been in office a long time now. Why didn't they change those statistics? Why didn't they say, we're going to pull all these people off auditing the poor people, and we're going to put everybody on auditing the rich? That wouldn't have cost us another penny, but they didn't do that. They continue to audit poor people. So when, because it's easy, that's why they do it. It's quick and easy. Somebody who makes under $75,000 a year, you can find their mistake in about five minutes if they have one. Reviewing those tax returns is a breeze. I could re review 50 of those a day, one person, and you find quick mistakes, that money adds up. Because our code is so complicated, if you go after rich people, they have good attorneys and they have good accountants and they will just tie it all up in court. The IRS doesn't want to mess with that. This, this lie is just total bullshit and it's too late now. We're going to get this. It, it's, it passed. I'm sure it has to go to Biden to this week, I guess, but I'm sure he's going to sign it. And here's the thing. Not a single Republican, not one. This was a total, total Democratic bill. 
So when things go to hell over this, remember, elections have consequences. This one could not be more clear. 100% voted in by Democrats. Just remember that. We've got elections coming up in a couple months. All right, I have uh, I have a bunch of other things I wanted to talk about in the industry, rates and uh, what's going on with numbers. What else did I have in here? A couple other things, uh, but I've got some phone calls, so I will jump into the phone calls, and as long as we have calls, I'll stick with them. So line them up, 855-950-3835 is the number to join us. We're going to head off to California. Keith, welcome to the program. Good morning. What's All right, so today? my question is, um, the IRS, uh, I filed my taxes. Well, let's just say, what happens if the IRS actually makes a mistake and they give you more money than you actually claimed for? You How, got, what do you do? Give it back. Just give it back. Just call Be- because here's the thing. It's, it's their money. And if once they find the mistake, they will come after that money. Now, I don't know okay. if tax laws have changed a lot since I've really been involved in, you know, doing taxes. So some of the fringe issues I may not be up on. I don't know what the current law says about penalties or not penalties because it's not your mistake. Interest. The IRS, at one point, there was a time where they would say, hey, look, we gave you too much money. It was our mistake, so we're not going to penalize you, but you've had our money for two and a half years. You owe us interest. Okay. I don't know what, so what how, the status of that is. Do you have any idea how you would is. go about it? You just call them. Or did you yeah. do your tax return, or did you have a tax preparer do it? I had it done. Then go back to them. Just go. Yeah. So, what was the mistake the IRS made? They gave me ten thousand dollars more than I had come. Do we know why or how? Was it just a no, keystroke entry? No, it, or? Was, it was a keystroke entry mistake. Okay. They must have just. Okay, that's that's pretty simple. But you, ten grand to the yeah that that's fairly simple. But you want to give it back. It, it, you know, if you keep it, you, and some I people don't want to, I, well, of course not. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. Some people would say, well, you know what? I, I'll just hold on to it. I'll keep it in the bank. I'll earn a little bit of interest and, and maybe they won't ever find it. Well, here's the problem. It, it's always going to be on your mind. It's always going to be in the back of your mind, exactly. nagging you. Or are they coming after it? When are they coming after it? And here's the other thing. Some people will end up spending it. They'll save it saying, oh, I won't touch it. I'll wait. Then an emergency happens. Oh, oh, I'll just spend it right now. We'll put it back. Now you start spending it and it will keep you up at night. Just contact whoever did your tax return. Say, look, I didn't, I wasn't supposed to get this much money. How do we give it back to them? Okay. Next question. Yep. Um, has, Has anything happened? in regard to AB5 in California. I live in California, but I'm leased to a carrier in, in Oregon. Yes, and something I, I definitely we're happened. We're just ignoring it for now? Something definitely happened. As of right now, it is the law in California, and there are no 
it's not on any kind of appeal that would stop them from enforcing the law now. For a while, it was being held up in the courts. So they couldn't really enforce it for the last couple of years. Didn't this pass in like 2019, I think? This has been a while. Yeah. Yeah, it passed a while ago, but nobody was enforcing it because of the appeal process. Well, that's over. The Supreme Court said, we're not going to hear this case. The ruling from the Ninth Circuit Court, which was that this is legal in the state of California, um, the Interstate Commerce Clause doesn't matter, the Aviation Act doesn't matter, this is law. Since the Supreme Court said, we're not even going to hear it, that means the Ninth Circuit holds, this is the law, and California can start enforcing it. We haven't heard of any enforcement yet, but we probably won't for a little while. I would say that your carrier and your situation, you're probably safe for a while. If you just want to keep doing what you're doing, I would just do it. As long as your carrier will, that's totally up to them. But I have a feeling in the beginning, the enforcement is going to be primarily just California carriers with California owner operators. And I even think it's going to be more narrow than that. I think they're going to focus on the ports first. Okay. So I think for most, for the most part, yeah, for the most part, we're safe. Look, there's nothing you can't get hurt by this. There's nothing that would happen if you did this for two or three years and then they come back and say, hey, wait a minute, this this shouldn't be going on. So what? There's nothing they can do to you. There's no penalties. There's no money you would owe because you've already paid all of the taxes. And, you know, it at the the employers would have to worry about that. If you've been using owner operators for years and then the IRS comes in and says, or in this case, the state of California comes in and says, wait a minute, these are employees. What that means now is the IRS or the state of California in this case can go back and say, you owe half of their social security, half of their Medicare, their state workers comp, their state unemployment, on and on and on that the carrier takes that risk. You, as the owner-operator, you have no risk whatsoever in working in a situation like this until somebody says you can't do this anymore. Fair enough. I have one more question if you have time. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So my final question is, I owe about $40,000 on my tractor. My trailer's paid for. My interest rate is about 10 Ten percent through um, through pack cart, okay. and I'm wondering: should I write a check and pay it off? Should I just keep making the payment? My my normal response would always be: I wouldn't even ask any other questions. Probably, I would just say, "Yeah, pay it off." I mean, why why eat ten percent interest when we don't have to? We want to keep our cost as low as possible. But because we're heading into such a rough economy, and I'm a little worried about where we're going, um, it sounds like you clearly have the cash to do this. Would would spending that money? worry you at all or do you still have plenty of cash after that uh i could do it comfortably but i would i would i sure like having that money in the bank Uh, this is a tough especially like the rates have gone so low 
Exactly. Know? Right. This this is uh but here's the thing to remember too. If you pay that off, your payment goes away every month. That would be wonderful. So <laughs> I I you know, I'm more of a risk taker. Um, this is really the decision here isn't a numbers based decision. If it was just numbers, this is easy. Of course you pay it off because then that means the interest goes away and we have more money in our pocket. That's pretty straightforward. The problem is, like we just said, the economy. It's comfortable having that money in there. It feels good as things are getting, um, you know, a little scary with rates. And if I don't get any calls when I'm done with you, I'm going to go back to the numbers I was going to talk about today. And I want to cover some of those issues, what's going on in trucking. And it's not looking good. Um, the news today is, is probably worse than what I've been saying, actually. So this is more about your level of comfort and risk. If it were me, I'm okay with risk. It doesn't keep me up at night. I don't worry about it. It's not going to, you know, make me sick or stress me out. So I would, I would take the cash and pay off the loan. My payment goes away. My overall cost goes down and I'll deal with the cash if an emergency comes up or, you know, something goes wrong. That, that, but that's, it's a risk tolerance, not a math question. The only reason I am able to do that is because I listened to you and I went to the CMC four years ago and I did everything a little different, but I did what you told me. Excellent. It all turned out well. Excellent. So again, I appreciate um, that. Thank you. The, you're welcome. Thank you for your support. The, the way to look at this is if it's a, just a math problem, absolutely pay it off because it lowers our costs, it puts more money in our pocket overall, but this really does come down to if you're going to be up at night and worried about this, then you know what? I let it ride. All right. Thank you for your advice. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Yeah, that, uh, you know, sometimes it's math problems and it's easy, but ah, boy, you know, like I said, um, Oh, I've got another call. So I may get to these numbers if I don't. I will probably save these for Thursday. Tomorrow's the power hour, Wednesday's health. Um, If the calls keep coming in and I don't go back to these numbers, I'll probably do them on Thursday. And I'd love for the calls to come in. I can do these numbers on my open. Um, Today's all about you and what you want to talk about. So pick up the phone and join us. 855-950-3835. We're going to head off to Saskatoon, Gord, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I'm just wondering about berberine and how long can a person be on it and still be okay with it? Uh, forever. Oh, okay. And here's why. Okay, Th- this just... is this is such okay. a simple nutrient. Um, berberine comes from a berry. That's it. Um, I actually have some dried berries. I forget the actual name of the berry. It's close to berberine. I forget the actual word. Um, I have some. That's it. It's just an extract that comes out of a berry. Very, very simple uh, nutrient. Nothing. Zero side effects. Nothing to worry about with berberine. I don't think I've ever even seen any kind of interactions. And yet, the simple nutrient that we get from a plant is, 
is just as effective or sometimes even more effective than metformin. So it's a pretty incredible molecule. Yeah, and and, yeah. and lowering blood sugar is not the only thing berberine does. Berberine has a ton of benefits, lowers inflammation, does all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, if somebody, I, I've said many times, I just don't take a lot of supplements. Even when I absolutely know if I took this supplement, it would help. I'm still just bad at it. And I, I when I look at it, I go, well, if I really need that, nutrient maybe i should just eat more food that has that nutrient so i'm not good at taking supplements but if somebody is looking for a supplement to add just to see how it makes them feel whether they have blood sugar issues or not try berberine it's a pretty amazing molecule really yeah i'm pre-diabetic my a1c is six and a half to seven and then i started taking berberine and blood sugar balance and it took quite a while. Like, I was only taking the the two 500s in the morning that were the slow-release ones. Okay. And then I was on that for probably almost three months and still wasn't noticing any difference. So then I added another 500 of the quick-release ones at mealtime. Oh, so good. So 1,000 okay. in the morning. And then 500 and 500. And I, my last, I had one average weekly average at 5.9. And then this week's average is 6.1. Okay. So there is the difference between a supplement and a drug almost every time. It's how fast they work. Metformin will kick in in a week or less and start to bring your blood sugar down. It does take longer for berberine, but we're okay because there's no side effects either. Metformin has some horrendous side effects. There, something happened with the supply of metformin, and now it's cancer-causing, so there's issues with that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's not unusual for a supplement to take longer to work than a drug does, um, but you're starting to see the results. My big question is, would be, what have you done with your diet? Oh, I've uh, no more sugar uh, sodas. Uh, I love ice cream, and I, I buy a little bit of sugar-free ice cream once in a while. I have that maybe once a week. Carbs is just about nil. So no, I'm not keto. No grains. But well, just about. Well, well, hold at Gord. Hold on. You you yeah. just made a statement that doesn't make sense. When you say carbs are just about nil, well, then give me a number, roughly. And maybe if you're not counting, give me a number. Are you under 20 grams of carbs a day? No, it, it would probably be a little bit higher than that. I probably eat uh, three slices of bread in a week. Why? So uh, I just to have something a little bit different in my you, diet, I guess. Look, if somebody asked me, which one would be worse for me? Which one should I give up first? And, and this is going to sound outrageous, but it's absolutely true. Uh, this isn't sarcastic. It's not tongue in cheek. If somebody said, should I give up bread or should I give up my Snickers bars? I'd say give up bread. Keep the Snickers bars. Okay. Because here's the problem. The bread is pure sugar to your body. It's a starch. And when we break down starches, they become simple sugars, and that's what your body does. So the bread is pure sugar, and it's got all the problems with glyphosate and gluten and 
egg gluten and all kinds of other proteins that tear up our digestion and cause inflammation. And the candy bar is just sugar. I mean, that's that's the worst thing. I don't know. I guess I should have thought of maybe a Hershey bar, nice and simple. I didn't think about all the things that might be in a Snickers bar. But even thinking about it, for the most part, the problem with candy is just sugar. The problem with bread is to your body, it's pure sugar. And there's all kinds of other problems with it. Okay. If I want to eat a little bit of bread, can I have some sourdough? Is it better for you? Gord, you can eat anything you want. Um, Sourdough might be slightly better for you because it's fermented, but we really haven't gotten rid of the gluten, which is a big problem. Okay. Yeah, here, here's the okay. thing. Here's, here's the reward I would say give yourself if you're willing to give up the breads and the grains forever. Don't buy sugar-free ice cream. Buy the real thing. Buy Haagen-Dazs and enjoy the hell out of it. That's good. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that could be your treat. You know, there are days where I eat so low-carb, like almost zero-carb for the first eight hours I'm awake, 10 hours sometimes. Like zero carb. I'm just pure carnivore sometimes all day long. Well, if I have zero carbs by the end of the day, hell, I can eat a half a cup of of Haagen-Dazs ice cream. That's not going to bother me. Yeah. See, like I'll take a leaf of lettuce and some ham and a slice of onion, and that's my sandwich. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Or or roast beef or something like that. That's awesome. If you're doing that most of the time. Just skip those other couple of times where you throw the bread in because it only takes that little bit of bread to wipe out your health. Okay. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Good job so far. Okay, thanks thank Thanks for the call. Stay in touch. I want to hear the results. All right. Uh, phone lines are open. We've got uh, about 30 minutes left or until you uh, till the calls disappear. Uh, if you want to join us, it is a free-for-all today. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, pick up the phone, 855-950-3835. You know, most of the time, Mondays are busy. Phone days are quiet today. How come? Um, all right, so I think I covered everything I wanted to cover on... Uh, the horrible bill they just passed and is about to become law. But um, we're just going to have to deal with that. It is what it is. We'll stay on top of it so I can at least start to bring you some information about how it's going to affect you. Now that it's passed and and we should be able to get the text, people will start going through it. I'm probably going to start going through it. Uh, I want to know how it's going to affect us and small business in the industry. So I'll, uh, as soon as I have some things, I'll give you some updates on that. Um, oh, I've got a call. So I'm going to grab that. As long as the calls are coming in, I'll stick with the calls. So uh, if you've got anything on your mind, pick up the phone and join us. We're going to head off to Missouri. Eric, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Um, I didn't hear any of the rest of the show. I just came on because I was still catching up on a live with Anthony Chasey and John Jaquish. Oh, got it. And okay. he answered the question about the long bar. Oh, sorry. Oh, good. Good. What was his what answer? Oh, yeah. Well, the truth is he made the bar because so many people wanted it. 
yesterday. He was, <laughs> he was looking for his, his customers were screaming about it. They wanted the long bar, and he's like, "Well, you know, for the people who just want to do a wide chest press, I'll pray for them." He oh, said he's so- never going to be pictured using the long bar. Interesting. But Interesting. The now there's who a might actually have a purpose for the long bar would be tall people like the basketball players that use his equipment and whatnot. Got it. Because that bar would then position their hands probably about the same as the standard cool. bar does for the rest of it. That makes sense. So, that makes sense. So I, I that's the answer. Yeah. You know, I was a little shocked because I, I've read through a lot of his material. I haven't gotten to it all, but I've read through a lot of it. And he was pretty well set against that wide grip. And I thought, well, what the hell changed? Yeah. And it sounds like nothing changed other than... He's an entrepreneur, and he had so much demand from his customers. You give your customers what they want, I guess, um, which is fine. Well, so, exactly. so I'm glad I know. Thank you for that. That's kind of like like you pretty much believe in the carnivore diet, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you still sell monkey brittle, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly yeah, carnivore. Th- that's true. Not even really keto. Th- that's true. Yep, you're people right. Want people it. want people it. Buy it. You're right. That's right. Yeah, so... And I'm not saying that, that there's definitely nothing wrong with that. Oh, no, exactly right. It, it, in, in the right situation. And you know what? the right situation here. If you want to use the wide bar, knock yourself out. And and here's the thing. Um, I, I did wide grip bench press for years and years and years and decades and, and never had any injuries. Now, was it doing me much good? Probably not. I was probably wasting my time. Like most of my whole workout routine was wasting my time. So it, it's not that big of a deal, really. Well, I don't see anybody getting major injuries or so, you know, if you want to use a wide bar, knock yourself out. The clarification on that, it's not so much injury, it's that it's not building the pectoral muscles. Yeah. Wide, and- wide grip is basically for, you know, competitions where they can get some extra weight on there because it's a mechanical advantage. Correct. Right. But it doesn't, he, he, he talks about how bringing your arms together actually activates more of the pectoral, which is what we want to do when we're building things up. A wider grip actually works more with the tricep. Which yeah. that's not, you know, we've got a different uh, yeah, no. exercise for the tricep. We don't need to be doing it with our chest press. You know, so. it's no, yeah, correct. And, and that's, um, that's an interesting point. No different than when you're doing a bench press, you can create a mechanical advantage yourself by, by doing what we call bridging. So you put your feet on your, the floor and arch your back. Lift your, lift your butt up off the yeah, bench which, and arch your back. We call it bridging. And for a lot of people, it'll add about 20 pounds to your maximum. Now, in competition, it's illegal. You have to stay flat on I, the bench. But, um, you know, for for guys I with... I always call that a back injury. Yeah, you know what? I... There was a time when we did it, too, just because it's impressive to get 20 more pounds on your bench press. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it does. It just changes the position and activates more muscles. That's why you're able to lift more. But our focus, especially when we're doing the X3 bar, is to isolate a specific muscle, not to get a bunch of muscles activated right. because then it's harder to build the muscle you're working on. Yeah. I mean, it, I think that anybody who is whining that they can't make a wide grip with a chest press 
should also be whining that the uh, ground plate isn't wide enough for them to do a sumo dance. <laughs> you know, it's the same garbage. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it, it you know, it, it just it's so shocking. It's like food and the diet. It, um, I can't believe how wrong we got this all these years. Oh, I know. I, I still have a hard time. I, I have to focus on something else when I start thinking about. Uh, what could have been different in my parents' lives if we'd known all this shit all along? <laughs> I, you know, they exactly. might actually still be alive. I know, I know. Um, and I, and the I other wish there was a way to sue the entire medical industry for malpractice. Yeah. yeah, that too. The other crazy thing is you think when something this big is pretty well proven. There's enough evidence now to show what things we got wrong and what, but. It never seems to matter. The average person on the street never knows any of this stuff. They never hear it. No. I mean, no, they don't. As, as many carnivores as there are, as many people you can find on YouTube that are carnivore, as many 20-plus-year carnivores as we find out that they're actually right, are. Right, right. Carnivore is still a, a, a percentage of a percentage of the population. I mean, it's still just beginning. Minuscule. Minuscule, yeah, we, it, yeah. We're in it, so we hear about it all the time. But we wonder why nobody else has, you know? Yeah, why and they still think that margarine is good for you, and they're <laughs> eating egg white omelets and all that crap. Well, you know the new the I new. Mean, I grew up on shed spread country crock. You know? uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, the, you know the, the margarine the, was as plastic as the container it came in. But but we're we're okay because the uh, the new food rating score says we should have fake eggs fried in industrial seed oils, and that's better for us than a whole egg fried in butter. Oh my God, it's so bad. At, I was looking at that list, and I'm like, why am I not an Adonis? Because I ate frosted shredded mini wheat. I ate Kraft macaroni and cheese. I throw some tuna in it for nutrition. You know, I mean, right. I, I'd eat grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I mean, my God, I, I was eating exactly how I should have been eating the whole time. But I guess I did something wrong because I got to 360 pounds. So. Yeah. Well, you know, look at look at what we call like the worst offenders in our diet. You know, we could throw we know we should stay away from sugar. Um, grains are horrendous. Dairy, yeah. conventional dairy causes most people lots of problems. Conventional dairy is not good for our health at all. And what do we feed our kids first thing in the morning? Wheat, sugar and dairy. Breakfast I, that's breakfast. Milk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing that might be worse is, and we do this to our kids too. Hell, we do this to everybody. Um, donuts. That may be the worst food on the planet when you think about it. We're taking pure wheat and sugar. I, the base for a donut is just wheat and sugar, and then we're frying it in industrial seed oils that have been cooked and recooked and overcooked and cooked again. And, oh, that, that donuts are actually just toxic. I, I, I remember, I have a fond memory of my mother when I was in elementary school. And for a couple of years, I was stuck in a Catholic school in Climate Falls, Oregon. And she would have to drive me to school because we lived too far to bus to that school. 
And but on the way, she would stop at a donut shop and give me a chocolate donut and an atomic fireball. And that was my <laughs> breakfast every morning. <laughs> It's like, oh, frankly, man. I'm surprised I wasn't a fat child. Yeah. I, mean, I was never athletic, but I wasn't a fat kid. Right. You know, and I started lifting weights in my junior year in high school. And through through my few years in the Air Force, I maintained the same weight at 171 pounds. But then shit went off the rails, you know, after that. Especially once I started driving trucks. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I just wanted to make sure that everybody heard about that. I heard you say that you might buy the long bar using company money. I wouldn't waste your money because really yeah. that long bar is not for you. It, well, it, it, and when when somebody said, oh, no, he's making a long bar, I thought, well, maybe there's some new research or new science or whatever. But no, if his recommendation is don't do it, I'm only making it because people keep asking for it. Then, no, I don't want one. And I, I listen to him all the time, although a lot of his interviews that are on the website or on the YouTube page are you know, a year to two years old. But he yeah. never talked about the long bar. I got the emails that everybody else got who already bought an X3. And I could have bought one ahead of time because I mean, we were given it to only, X, only prior X3 owners were allowed to access to the long bar. But I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. And... Then um, this was the first interview I've seen where it was mentioned at all. And it may have been mentioned because it was live, but I was late on it too. But I threw the question in there about the long bar. And oh, I God. think one of the, because it was Chafee and Jake Wish, but Chafee also has another guy. I don't know who he is, but he kind of co-hosts this podcast with him. Um, so I forget what he calls it, like the... Like, Dewey carnivore the right way or something. So, yeah. So I even have a story he, he about this. read my question and then he brought it up. This whole wide grip thing. Um, when I was in the Army and yeah. I was stationed out here in the Pacific Northwest, um, I was doing some uh, competitive powerlifting. And... I was I was actually doing pretty well. I was I would get my weight down to about 145. I wish I knew then what I know now because I was starving myself to get down to 145. And competing at 145, I was just doing incredible. But the one of the bigger events of the year, I was so excited about it because I was in really good shape. I had I had just gotten my maximum bench press ever. Um, 315. So I was feeling really good. Now, I wasn't getting 315 when I weighed 145. When I was training at about 175 is when I got that lift. But, you know, at 145, I'm still thinking, um, you know, there's a chance I could break 300 here in a competition, which would be awesome. So the way the competition worked, this one, they had weird rules. You had to declare your starting weight um, when you signed up, which was kind of bizarre. Normally you declare your starting weight the day you get there. Um, so I picked like 275 because the other thing I knew I had a chance, I knew I was going to win my class. I mean, I was just blowing people away. It wasn't even close most of the time. So I knew I was going to win my class, but what I wanted to win was overall which is they take a percentage of your body weight. So everybody's, it's kind of fair, no matter how, what you weigh. And it's a combination okay. of all of your lifts. 
So you don't want to do a really low starting weight just to get in and qualify because you want to get the maximum out of all three of your lifts. So you want to push that starting weight. So I set my starting weight at like 275, hoping I'm going to be able to, you know, do 300. And we get there the day of the competition and we have like a half hour and they start giving us the rules and they had some weird grip limitation. I mean, normally there, there are some limitations, but you're allowed to go really wide in a competition. And they had, a, a, they put actual tape on the bar and it was a significant change from what I was used to. And I missed my first lift, three attempts. I couldn't get 275 with that grip, and I was just out. I missed the whole competition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I quite don't understand why they allow that kind of stuff in competition anyway, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there was a limit, but then they changed the limit. Um, So, hey, good stuff. Thanks for the information. You saved me a phone call today. I thought I was going to have to go dig for that. But since you found it for me. I appreciate it. Thanks. Let's, uh, boy, the call's just flooded in. Let's get to some. Let's go to Illinois. Randy, welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Kevin. A couple questions on the yogurt making. Yeah. Uh, first, after I've made each one individually, it's okay to mix them? It is, yeah. To eat them? Yep. Yep, go ahead and mix them. I wouldn't try mixing strains ahead of time because we have different temperatures and they're going to be competing and you don't know which one's going to win. But once we we culture each batch completely, um, then it's going to go in the refrigerator so everything slows down anyway. So, yeah, feel free to mix and match any of your batches however you want. Okay, I'm on on to start my fourth and last one. Uh, And that... Leads me to uh, if I mix it with the inulin and the starter tablet and the milk, can I throw it in the fridge overnight? Start it in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. Okay, okay, and at last, am I doing real harm by blending the inulin with a little bit of milk and uh, starter? No. Well, hold on. Just blend the inulin and milk. The starter is easy okay. to blend in. It will mix. It, the reason oh, okay, yeah. it, the, that'll shake it right in. Yeah, yeah. the the inulin is it glob. It gets all globby and it won't mix yeah, right. That's, and that's the hard part. Yeah. So go ahead and blend the inulin and the milk. There's nothing to worry about there. Um, uh, oh, I just forgot the doctor's name. Um, Dr. Davis said, um, yeah, that if you blend the culture, you can actually kill the bacteria and probably not all of it. But, you know, we don't want to damage or kill that bacteria. So I don't use stick blenders or any kind of blenders once the once the starter or the bacteria is in there. Then I'll just use a whisk. But I do use my stick blender for the inulin and the dairy. Okay. Now, if I've made my all four of my batches with blended, you think I should start did it, from again? Just did it? Insert? Did it thicken? Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, each, and each 
second batch came out uh, way better. Yeah, if it thickens, you your your bacteria is alive. I mean, it now. Oh, okay. Do, do we have the maximum count of bacteria? I, I don't know. And the only way we would ever know is if we tested every single batch. And I, I'm just not going to, you know, get crazy like right. that. If it thickens, then there had to be bacteria in there. And and as long as there's bacteria okay. in there and it thickened, there's a lot of bacteria in there. So, yeah, I'm going to eat it. Okay. All right, good. I'm not sure it was worthwhile eating. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, like, it, yeah, we, we never know if we're getting the absolute maximum, you know, amount of bacteria. But what we do know, um, even our worst batch, if we make all kinds of mistakes, is probably still got 10 times more bacteria than any commercial yogurt you can buy. Yeah. Oh, and it is uh, absolutely delicious with the homemade maple syrup and cinnamon oh isn't that isn't that incredible now now i'll give you an idea that will put it right over the top um take any one of the new granolas the grain-free granolas we have in the store and now throw it in with that maple and cinnamon it's like one of the best desserts i've ever eaten it's like dessert it's so good yeah i'm gonna have to I'm going to have to re- reorder some granola. I ate what I had. <laughs> of right, course you did. Of course you did. As soon as you yeah. open that bag, it's hard not to. Yeah. I get, yeah, I'll get a couple of other items and place one larger order then. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for your support, Randy. We're going to head off to Ohio. Sarah and Vic, welcome. I just have a note to that guy. That should be this in the PDF. He does mention don't blend the yogurt. In fact, when he's putting his his finished batches of different strains together, um, but stir them with a spoon because when um, for the PDF, when Doctor Davis gives you recipe for smoothies, he says only just enough blend up. And stir in the yogurt because you don't want to fill off any of the bacteria. Yeah, um, yeah, good, good thinking. Yeah, so I when I when he when I first read that, I thought, well, shoot, I've been using the stick blender on my you know starters, and then I thought, well, why not just leave the culture out because it's the inulin that blends so hard. You know, has anybody tried potato starch? Have you tried potato starch? Potato starch works so much better than um, the inulin because it's it just the uh, um, bacteria. It just stirs right in. It eats something whatsoever. If people are getting frustrated with the inulin, I would say switch to potato well, starch. Well, I'm on... I'm almost, yeah, I'm almost out of inulin. So I was getting ready to reorder and I was thinking, well, I'm glad I asked then because you already know. Yeah, I'm going to switch to potato starch. That inulin annoys me. Yeah, it's the potato starch you will love compared to the inulin. Oh, good. You can stir it right in with a spoon. Good. I'm going to switch then. And then I know vibrations are for um, Thursday, but <laughs> I just wanted to say we're heading <laughs> we're heading into uh, Michigan and to install the um, ROI cabinet. Oh it yeah. It replaces the 
the cab, the cab shots, the air ride for the cab. Yeah. That's basically the kind of, an electronically controlled ride, like, like the boat, uh, for the, for the cab. So right. we are hoping that that is a major improvement for our fleet on the road, especially being team drivers. That Just would be big. Constantly bouncing down the road is. Yep. That would be big. You know, one so of the I things. I will let everybody know what. Good. One of the things I've been thinking about is, um, you know, we have more and more people wearing the Garmin watch. We're getting really good data on a lot of things. I'd almost like to do a uh, sleep study of team drivers using the Garmin watch and the Garmin data. I'd like to see what's really going on with sleep while you're in that truck and it's moving. Well, some nights, um, I get, I, my sleep improves. But then, I, you know, the blue goes up, I get rest. Um, nights, it's completely orange, and I don't, it's stressed the whole time. Um, so, so, when I'm driving overnight, my, I actually, you know, when I'm sleeping, but I'm driving, my watch actually looks like I've been sleeping, because there's no stress, and... That's the, awesome. The, it looks like I've, got, I've gotten rest. Yeah. Not every night. Some nights it doesn't like, oh, that was a nice drive. Yeah, so one of the things I'd like to start to correlate, and it could be hard because there are lots of things that will cause our body to stay stressed all night. If you eat too late, if you eat a food that, you know, reacts and you don't even mm-hmm. realize it, um, food can have a big impact on that. But I'm, I'm also wondering, could we correlate that high stress level while somebody's in the bunk sleeping with bad roads, you know, is your stress level much higher going through Indiana than it is going through Utah? Right. It'd be interesting to start seeing those. And then, then it might be possible that we could come up with strategies to improve it once we understand it. Yeah. You can't skip some roads like that section of the Juliet in Chicago is just a nightmare. Exactly. And stuff, I've got stuff pretty well strapped down, but stuff just flies. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, well, th- this it last, this, this last trip in the coach, part of the problem was, you know, my shocks and my leveling valve up front made everything worse. But um, this last trip was awful i mean you really notice it in an rv because you've got cabinets and pantries and refrigerators and i mean you you've got to know how to you know secure mm-hmm. stuff and i mean i was breaking things it, the roads were so bad oh yeah it's it's not fun that way but when you're, you're trying to sleep but but, uh, but i'm but i'm sure eighty-seven thousand irs agents are going to help make our roads better like aren't there like aren't there aren't there about at least ten really important things we could spend money on right now other than IRS agents? Border patrol agents. That would we be only nice. Have Twenty thousand of those. Yeah, that would be nice. And they're oh. swamped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're not even border patrol agents anymore. Nobody's patrolling the border. They're they're babysitters and they're shuffling paperwork is all they're doing. 
let's hope that the IRS has as much trouble finding people to fill those positions as everybody else. Well, you know what? Maybe we can, uh, maybe we'll just combine a couple programs, like all these states and cities with, you know, they got rid of cash bail and they just let people out. Hire those people. Keep them busy. If we're not going to put them in jail, you might as well put them in the IRS and keep them busy. Because they'll stay straight there. Exactly. All right. Anyway, the big thing I wanted to call for was, I don't want to wait till. They just give me the numbers on the on the economy and trucking. Oh, okay. So you're asking for them. All right. Uh, we can talk about yeah. that then. So here was uh, some of the numbers that shocked me the most. Um, load postings. Um, I, I had no idea it had gotten this bad. Now, this is coming from DAT. So this is just DAT's data. But you have to know that all of the load boards follow the same patterns. So if this is the pattern that DAT is seeing, truck stops seeing it, the little load boards, everybody's seeing it. Um, reefer loads down 44%. Um, flatbed loads down 39%. These are postings. So, you know, if there were 10,000 postings before, and we're talking in the millions, the numbers are actually in the millions, but I'm using easy math. If there were 10,000 postings, now there is 660 or 6,060, I mean, from 10,000, 6,600. That's a huge drop in the number of loads available. Van was at 36%. Even on van. The interesting thing was, and, and I'm not diving as deep as I would have, but you're getting the um, the ideas. And then there was a lesson in here. The one posting that is up, which tells us something, and this one actually tells me a lot, because most owner-operators never post their truck. They hate posting their truck. They don't want to post their truck, but that number is way up. A lot more people are posting their truck now. And the lesson is, in bad times, you should be posting your truck, whether you think you need to or not. There are a lot of advantages when when times are tough to posting. And, and here's how it works. There's a whole bunch of brokers out there that get up in the morning and they post their loads onto the boards. Well, before they do, they might look for trucks to move those loads. Because if I can already find a truck there posted looking for a load and i have a load it's easy i don't have to post it i don't have to go through all that work to get all the data up there and then wait for phone calls i'm just going to call this truck that just posted and offer them the load so you're going to get offered loads that haven't even been posted yet if you post your truck and here's the other advantage who has the upper hand in negotiation If I call the broker looking for a load or if the broker calls me looking for a truck. I always have the advantage if they call me. You know, it's it's, it's kind of like this uh, speaking engagement I just took. I haven't had a speaking engagement in a couple of years and I I wasn't looking for any. I didn't really want any. Um, But if I were, if I would have said, hey, I haven't you know, done any speaking for a while, uh, you know, I'll throw my name out there and see if I can get some interest and I'll start looking for events. Well, when I call somebody and say, hey, I'd like to speak at your event and 
they may not know who I am and now they have to go research. I'm not in a very good negotiation spot there. But when somebody reaches out to me out of the blue, somebody I don't even know, uh, and says, hey, you know, we want you at our event. I'm in a much, much better to negotiate now. So the the numbers are just actually worse than what we thought they were. Um, rates and the other some numbers I was thinking about going through actual expenses. Um, I, I saw some numbers that actually shocked me. The one one place was showing owner operator expenses were over two bucks a mile. Where the hell did they come up with that number? That can't be right. Nobody asked me. I don't know. Yeah, it's not even close. It's I don't not, know where they get half the numbers those yeah, that number, I know what it should be, and it's nowhere near north of $2 a mile. I, I don't even know what you could possibly start to include that would get you to that number. I mean, it's possible today, even with fuel prices. at home. Yeah, if they do that, then, oh, yeah, I hope that's not what it is, but you might be right. Um, so, but the, but the numbers were way up. That was the lesson, because... Whatever number they were using from, I think they were comparing it to like 2018, um, at least they were using the same method. So whatever they were throwing in there, they threw in last time. And the real lesson was how much they had climbed. The numbers have just gone through the roof. Uh, now, let me ask you this, because I, I used to think of a, a basic service, oil change, lube, that kind of stuff, roughly 300 to $350 on the road. This article claims it's now 700. Is that right? Well, even a few years ago, some places you go with three to 350, some places with six to 700. It's just the way are and like their hourly charge. I couldn't tell you exactly what it is anymore, but we have, like, ever since we got struck in 2020, Jim's been doing all of our service and we've throw in some stuff on top of that. I never look at the line on just the service. Um, this, even before that, it, like if you go to freight um, after a PM, you're going to come, well, a couple years ago when we did, you come out between six and $700. And if you go to PA, you could come out between three and 400 so It was always a difference depending on yeah you know the interesting thing there is i'm going to go back and dig a little on that and redo the numbers on the ops if oil changes are 700 dollars, the ops is going to pay for itself in less than six months right yeah, yeah we haven't changed our oil since yeah, um, yeah. our christmas yeah yeah all right, good stuff. I'm going to move on because the calls just keep rolling in. We're going to head off to Idaho. Tony, welcome to the program. Uh, morning, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about getting the uh, X3 bar, but I have a injury on my arm, and I want to get your opinion if you think I can go ahead and use the X3 bar uh uh, properly okay so what it is is uh my bones that that are connected to my elbow they, they were shattered and their uh, arm lower arms put back together 
with a couple of rods and pins. Okay. And so with my arm, I I can bend it up and down. But if I lift my arm up, you know, like I'm going to shake your hand, I can't twist my hand either up or down. It's when I, you know, lift my arm up, it's, you know, straight out. It's like I'm going to shake your hand. Okay. And that's how my hand is. So I can't, you know, there's Got no it. twisting it, you know, upward, you know, no palm up or palm down. So, so if, if I have a bar, I don't know if I could move it with my other arm and, you know, keep it straight for all the movements. What do you think? So here, here's what I would try. The, the good news about this is if it, if it's, not working you're gonna know it pretty quick well one you may not even be able to get into the position to do the lift obviously then it's not gonna work right um we could still do other lifts and and i'll kind of go through what i would do if i couldn't you know maybe use my hands or get my hands in the right position for every lift i could modify and still get some some good lift in the other thing here is if you're really doing any damage you're gonna know right away it's gonna hurt so if it really hurts right, yeah. uh, and we can't get past that, then you stop yeah. doing it because we're probably doing damage. Now, let me ask you just so I know, have you cleaned up your diet? Yes. Okay. Because if not, yeah. then then we can't trust our pain signals because they won't ever go away. You just stay inflamed. And But as long as you've cleaned up your diet, we can trust our pain. If there's pain there, probably not a good thing. Um, so here's what I would try. I would just grab a broomstick or any kind of a rod like that, a bar, a rod, a broomstick, mm-hmm. um, right. and and right. see if you can do these motions just with that. You know, play around with it. Like you said, if you put the rod or the bar right. in your right hand, the one that won't turn kind of the way you want it, but take your left hand and pull it down, see if it works. If, it, if you can do that and it doesn't hurt, well, then I would do that. So, and I kind of, when we really shatter bones, you can get some weird things like you're talking about. My index finger from where I shattered my hand, it does not bend the way it used to anymore. And there's nothing I can do about that. It, it's biomechanical. It, it's, it just doesn't bend anymore because the bone is different than it used to be. My bone is actually a little shorter now because of the way I shattered it. So, and it doesn't hurt. I can try to force it into another position. It doesn't hurt, but I I can't move it the way I used to move it on my own. So I would grab a, you know, like I said, a stick, a bar, anything, and play around and see if you can do those motions. And if you can do them without any resistance, then the band system is a beautiful solution because the bands, I will tell you, are the safest way to lift by far way safer than machines safer than live weights safer than dumbbells because when we are in our most vulnerable position with the bands there's almost no tension where if you want to bench press 300 pounds you have that 300 pounds of force throughout the entire motion and you've got to deal with that that dangerous spot where you're vulnerable to damaging joints the bands take all that away so right. I, I would try, yeah. and and your best bet will be the bands. Now, let's say you can't get into the perfect position all the time. Um, I could still play around with, you know, you may be able to use the band alone, sometimes without a bar. Um, you have to be a little yeah, that, more careful. It, it, it's a little more... Yeah. 
I don't want to say dangerous, but it, it's a little more likely with just bands that you might injure a wrist or, but you're not going to do major damage to something. You know, you might work out with just a band and end up with a sore wrist or something and say, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't do it that way. But I could see taking the band alone, um, doubling it, grabbing it, kind of the way I was explaining the other day when I do like flies or cable crosses where you kind of, you're like hugging a barrel. Um, but in that yeah. movement, your hands are up and down. They're not parallel with the ground. You could also do a bench press like that. You could take the bands behind you, hold your hands upright the way they, and just push away from your chest. Now it's going to activate a couple different muscles because of the, the arm position, but you're still working a lot of your upper body muscles. Things like squats, deadlifts. Um, I have a feeling you may be able to figure out how to do some of these big movements. And those are the movements that are giving us the most benefit. When we do tricep extensions, uh, we're almost doing tricep extensions for our vanity and our ego. It makes our triceps look big. But if we want to be strong and powerful, you know, as a human being, we want to do those big movements that hit all kinds of big muscle. Deadlift may be deadlift or squat. Uh, and I would probably say deadlift. Deadlift probably hits more muscles than any other exercise I can think of. And it's big muscle groups. So it makes us really strong when we walk. It makes us strong in our balance, makes us strong going up and down stairs. And those are the kind of things that get really critical as we get older. So even if you can't do everything with the system, you're going to be able to do a lot. Okay. I was thinking maybe trying to like just buy the bands or maybe buy the whole thing because you know, I didn't want to waste the money you know for the bar if I couldn't use it and maybe just like try to buy the band you know before I would try the whole trick with the broomstick and see what you can do yeah okay and if you want call me back and say well I was able to do this but not this and we'll kind of decide is it worth buying the bar or not okay I'll do that alright sounds good I'll look forward to hearing back from you Let's go to Wisconsin. Jim, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. <clears throat> you and I spoke last week about the Garmin watch and the HRV data. Yeah. I called I called uh, Garmin support, and he looked through the uh, – programmer's database he looked through the tech support database and for our watch he cannot find anything relating to the hrv data what he did say you said you had the aura ring and i think lisa did not have it installed he was thinking maybe it's picking up no. The HRV data no. from no, de the Aura Ring. Definitely not. For one, it, that that's this guy was in tech support. Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I am getting 
really, really frustrated with the lack of good customer service and support. And I'm not blaming it on companies anymore because I'm finding companies that have been outstanding in customer service for decades. And Garmin is one of them. And it's a lack of good quality people to hire anymore. And it is getting so frustrating. I swear I deal with it every day. For somebody in tech support to think that it is technologically possible for my phone to pick up data from an Aura ring and show it in my Garmin software, is he an idiot? That's just a stupid uh, that assumption. I can't answer, but that's what yeah, he that, said. <laughs> that is a really stupid assumption. Yeah. Anybody who understands technology... And if you're working in tech support at a technology company, you should, would know that the odds of that happening are about a million to one. And if we're troubleshooting, which is what I he agree. should be doing, we don't go to the most outrageous possible possibility first. And I can tell you it's absolutely wrong. I wasn't wearing the Aura ring. I had stopped wearing it a long time ago because I get all the data I need off my Garmin. What I said was, and, and I know why people got confused, I actually said, I'm going to put the Aura ring back on so I can compare the two raw numbers. Now that I can see the raw number on my Garmin, I thought, well, I'm going to throw my Aura back on and see how, would, are they close? They should be very, very close. Um, and that that's the only reason I even mentioned the aura. But my the, the fact that he couldn't find it now means nothing to me because I have zero confidence in this guy's ability to do anything. Um, so I'm still going to call. Um, right. I'll call Eric and because it, it's clearly there. I mean, it never used to be there. Now it's there. I don't know why some people aren't seeing it, even though they have the new generation. Maybe they haven't updated all, because there's two different pieces of software that goes with this watch. Maybe they haven't done a hardware right. update that's there, or maybe they haven't done their software update yet. Um, but I'm pretty sure Eric will be able to tell me what's going on. Yeah, he looked at the um, firmware on the watch, on my watch, and the uh, version of software I have both on Diesel and the Connect app. So, and he said all that's updated. So, so I can even say I just realized I haven't opened the Diesel app since this issue came up. It was on my Connect app that I saw it. So if anybody's looking for it, where it is for me, it's on the Connect app, and it is the very first reading under my day. It's the, it's the right at the very top. It says HRV. Yeah. Yep. No, I got the latest version of Connect, and it's not there. Yeah, so something. Oh, so I'm sure Eric can get better. Uh, yeah. Yeah, something something's going on, and I'm sure it has to do with an update or a version or something. But uh, we'll figure it out because I, I really like having the raw number there. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, in fact, um, you know, my I think I said this the other day when I was on the road. My numbers had kind of bottomed out. My average HRV was down in the low 30s, which is really, really low for me. I knew I was, you know, really not 
in great shape right then. Uh, and my goal is to get it up over 50. I mean, I want to get it as high as I can possibly get it, but I like to set little goals so it keeps me motivated. So I thought I'll set a goal to get it to 50. Uh, this morning I looked, it was 49. Right. 49. I'm almost there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> And it's the, it's the, it's the protocol, the new protocol that I'm working on is building this faster than anything else I've ever done. Yeah. I started really going, uh, on the breathing. Good. Um, good. Since we spoke less. All right. That's all I got. That's all I need. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Texas. John, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hey, I got a quick question before I get started on what I called about. Uh, call screener, uh, she put me back on hold right before she did. She, did I hear her say roll tide possible? <laughs> Asking if she's an Alabama fan. I have. Because I told her I was from Texas, and I'm assuming, and I'm assuming because if she's an Alabama fan, if she told me that, just tell her gig a magnet. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I'm, she'll, she'll probably tell okay. me here in chat, so I'll, I'll pass anything along. Uh, what's on your mind today? Um, there is one way that we still have a hope to defeat the bill that has been passed to hire more IRS agents. And that is by contacting our Congress people and telling them that we do not want them to fund the bill. And come this November, we have the ability to possibly vote for those who will run our campaign on not funding the bill. Oh. At least the U.S. Congress does have the purse strings. And so that is one way that we can possibly still defeat this. You know, it, it can't hurt. And, and here's the other thing you could do, although even I kind of, you know, roll my eyes when I think about this. I, you know, clearly where I live, um, I am represented by Democrats across the board. Um, that doesn't mean I still can't reach out to them. I don't vote for them. So, you know, but I, I could still reach out to them and, and let it be known that I don't like the way I'm being represented. I, I doubt that it would do much good in today's world because when you look at this bill and how outrageous it is and how the timing is, is worse than it could ever possibly be, we're in an inf- we're, we're in an inflationary period and you're going to spend more money. That drives up inflation. We're we're in a point where we're now looking at a slowing economy. So we may be even talking about stagflation soon. And you're going to start auditing people. The timing of this could not be worse. And yet they're cramming it down our throats with not one single Republican vote. So they could care less what we think about what they're doing. Well, I totally agree. That's why this yeah. Election yeah. cycle. This oh, it's, November it's huge. And really, it, it's going to be huge. Exactly. You know what? I'm a little worried about and I'm, I'm confused and I'm wondering if this is just mainstream media spinning everything so hard. You can't see the real data. Three or four months ago, the all the polls were showing that in Congress, the Republicans were going to be just trampled. I mean, it wasn't even close. They were saying the Republicans were going to run the Senate, the, the, the House, all of it. 
now all of a sudden, I keep hearing from the mainstream media that it's a dead tie right now. What the hell happened? And and where are all these Democrats yeah. that are so excited about voting for their Democrats? Because when I ask any Democrat if they agree with what's going on right now, I get crickets. I, I get zero response. The Democrats who voted for this administration don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, I agree. Um, all we can do is go on past experience, and we know that the press lies to us. So, so we don't really. I don't. I don't think we can really take that at face value. It's, so then, uh, my, we're just going to have to wait and see, and don't take it. Don't take it for granted that Republicans are going to win. You still got to get out and vote. Oh, I, so, yeah. No, that's a good point. You know, I, I, in fact, when when the Republicans were running around saying, "Oh my God, we're going to wipe them out," my thought was you should stop saying that you know just just go back and do your job and stop bragging about how good the polls look and now all of a sudden they don't but here's also what i'm wondering if we know the approval rating look at the approval rating of the democrats in this administration it's the worst ever we know that they can't seem to hide that if somehow they pull off the win and they manage to even hold on to just the Senate, aren't there going to be an awful lot of people that are going to question that election again? Exactly. I was just going to bring that point up. Yeah. That, you know, the, the angle they could be going for is to invalidate the election. Yeah. You know, in, in their own mind. I know. You know, I'm going to put nothing past them these days. You exactly. Know, you can't trust what they say. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know, when you can't trust your own congressperson or, or you know, you know, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but damn, I, I believe the yeah, I, election. I really do. Yeah, yeah I know. It's uh, the whole thing. is, And I think we're just heading for that again. I think this is this election is going to be so ugly this time. Hey, John, I'm going to cut you loose. It's getting really, really noisy. And I've got some other calls I've got to get to. We're off to KC. Kelly, welcome to the program. Yeah, this is uh, Kelly. Uh, hey, Kevin, I want to thank you for everything you do for us, the research and the knowledge you give us that we don't have time to do it. Uh, today, I've got a health problem about low platelets. Uh, I took a test. Uh, they've been dropping the, over the past two years, and my last test was at 71. And I eat paleo, I eat good uh, grass-fed beef. My chicken and pork may not be always clean, but most time I get at Costco, and most time it's organic. Okay. Uh, my health has been pretty good. Uh, I have lost uh, from 205 to 187 for no reason at all. And I can't put it back on. I've lost muscle mass. Uh, I used to hit. I used to do the gym real heavy. Uh, I've slacked off from that, but my so, diet's been real good. My so let, I, let me been good. let me get some clarity here. So when did you change the way you ate? The first time. When did you kind of start uh, eating paleo keto that kind of thing? About three years ago. And how much weight did you lose then? None. None. Uh, and you did pretty good. And you didn't want to, right? Right. Okay. But now all of a sudden you've lost 20 or 30 pounds and you don't know why. Well, it's from 205 to 187 and uh, like six months ago when I lost it within a three-month period and I eat a lot of carbs and I have no reason why 
and I can't put it back on. Interesting. And my blood tests come all good. Uh, my CRP is 0.03. That's excellent. Uh, all my blood works good. My D3 is uh, 70. It was at 144, and I had to drop it down <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, 70 uh, still really good. Nothing and, to worry about there. Boy, this is interesting. But all um, my blood work. But all my blood work come out good, and then my uh, doctor was saying it could be cancer, you know, because of weight loss and stuff like uh, that. But well, my WBC come out good. Okay, I was going to say le- normal leukemia can can all of these things would right. occur: low platelets, weight loss, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm glad they tested for that. It doesn't sound like that's it. Uh, are you finding that you're bleeding more? No, no, because uh, that's uh, platelets. Blood. That's really what they do. Platelets are like what causes right. our our blood to clump and clot, so you you stop bleeding. Um, so normally, when you start seeing low platelet count, you start seeing gums bleed more. You cut yourself, you can't get it to stop. Things like that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking this one's going to require a, a pretty deep dive. Um, I'm not even sure if I would yeah. want to tackle this one. I think I would work with a functional medicine doctor on this one. Yeah, uh, my blood clots, you know, great. When I cut myself, it's See, that's odd. Quick. That's odd. If you have low and, platelets, it shouldn't. Uh, uh, my chiropractor, he is an assistant. Her platelets have been from birth at 36. Yeah, there are some and people that it just never gotten right. It, it just runs low, and it doesn't cause them the bleeding issues, which is confusing. It should, but it doesn't. Um, I ugh. any other symptoms that you've noticed? No, uh, little history. I was on HRT back in Christmas. I've been on it for like four or five years. So I decided after listening to some of the books you recommend, I decided to get off of it. And after I got off of it, that's when my weight loss hit. And uh, then uh, oh, read the oh, oh. Dr. Ken Berry. Well, that makes total uh, sense. He then. was recommending. Well, see, I, I got back on it. As I listened to that book, Doctors, The Lies Doctors Told You from Ken Berry. And he recommends not letting your uh, testosterone get too low because he, he will get on uh, yeah. bioidentical hormones if it's got too low. Well, and he recommended a book called Testosterone for Life, and that yeah, this, has a lot of research in it. This may be one place where I, I disagree with Dr. Barry. And and knowing Dr. Barry, I, I think he went to the easy answer first on this one. And bioidentical hormones, yeah, they're better than traditional you know, hormones. I still don't like them. I don't think we should be messing with hormones unless nothing else has worked here's what i would try before i would try the hormone therapy for testosterone seriously the x3 bar and the yogurt will it's incredible how much we see people's testosterone levels go up with those two things and that's completely natural well, i do yogurt the the l ruder i've done the yogurt I, yeah okay I, first time so, you told me about it I read the book super good and i make uh, three gallons of it First, first, within two weeks. I, I would, I would keep eating the yogurt daily, and I would start resistance training. It doesn't have to be the X three bar. That's what I really prefer. But resistance training will build testosterone. Uh, 
It will build muscle. It will build testosterone. Yep. Um, I, and the fact that when you started changing hormone therapy, you lost weight makes total sense. Weight is all about hormones. Yep. Now, we don't always understand it. And you went back on but didn't gain the weight back. We don't know why, but I'm positive that the weight change was because of the fluctuating hormones. Yeah. Uh, I used to be a gym rat. I used to, uh, back before Christmas, I used to lift pig, and I've been doing that since 1984. Uh, I was in great shape and all that, but the muscle loss kind of gave me, you know, yeah, fear. Uh, yeah, I, I would, you know, Right now, I don't hear anything dangerous about this. You're not suffering, you know, massive bleeding events or anything. So I, I would I would just try the, the yogurt every day, the X3 bar, or some sort of resistance training at least three times a week. I may even try more um, and see what happens and, and watch that number. And if it doesn't work, then I just think we're going to have to go back. We're going to have to do some pretty deep blood work to figure this one out, I think. Yeah, they want me, uh, they did ultrasound uh, on my spleen because I think, you know, spleen has to do with the platelets too. Right. And uh, so they did that, which that was a waste of money. I had you oh. sitting on my shoulder with a pitchfork saying, don't do it, don't do it, which well, I did it. Well, no, uh, but that, which, that reminds you know. me of something else we can add to this that might help with the platelet count. Are you doing the Wim Hof breathing? I have done that. Uh, I stopped. Reason I stopped back Christmas time, I uh, I was diagnosed with uh, AFib, and though uh, no, I couldn't pass my physical because I had AFib, I passed it, but she wouldn't pass me and give me my car because she said I had AFib. So, right. Uh, I knew what was problems, so I had to go to cardiologist, which was a nurse practitioner, only one I could see in a in a fast time. So she was trying to put me on all medication, and I said no. I said, is it nerve in your dick pinch? She's not lightly. So I got a chiropractor. I've been going for two and a half years. I talked to him. said, yes, it's a pinch nerve in your neck. I said, I know it was. This is a electrical issue. You're right. And that right. just picked me off. Well, All she wanted to do is put me on medication. Well, here's the thing. So I fixed for, that. For, you know what medications they put you on for AFib? Yeah, blood thinners. Blood thinners. Yeah, you've already got an issue. Yeah, I know. The last thing we want to do is give you a blood thinner. Holy cow. Um, So I I think I would try this one on your own, but I would add the breathing back in because the Wim Hof breathing really stimulates the spleen. Yeah, I'm taking Discuit spleen. Okay, good. uh, Good. That's a good idea. And I've been... So I took that, and I'm taking bone marrow, uh, bone marrow too, uh, for the platelets. Uh, right. I have tried from a book I listened to uh, is alfalfa sprouts, and I, when I did that, I, my test was 81. When I started eating them, it went up to 87. Huh. And I quit eating them, and uh, the reason a- I quit eating them, I tried fermenting them, and that tastes like crap. <laughs> I couldn't eat them no more. <laughs> Yeah, you I tried everything you can do, permit. 
Yeah, you, you know, you could so, go back to that if it if it made a slight improvement. It's not a big improvement, but it's a it's an improvement. And yeah, I might try that again. I think I would work on this a little bit. Go back to the breathing, uh, resistance training, and the yogurt. Let's just see if we can get that number back up. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna hit the gym back. I rejoined on my gym, so I'm gonna go there back you go. to there. Good. Yeah. I, I can't do it a house because I, I have no motivation. I used to buy, that, it, I had a bow flex, a couple of bow flexes. I just didn't get motivated, so that's why I went back to the gym. Then that's exactly uh, what you should do. Probably at my house, I didn't. Probably at my house, I didn't have enough air to look at myself when I was working out. So that, that, that's why I went back to the gym. But that's a, that's a real thing. I feel the same way. Um, it I, yeah, it's a real and thing. I, I, I have no mirrors down in the room where I'm working out. And I'm like, why don't I have any mirrors down here? I hate working out like this. And people may think that's weird, but no, I like to watch myself the whole time I'm working out. Yeah, so you watch your form. Yeah. But I swear the mirrors in the gym makes you look bigger. I, I ain't kidding I, That makes you feel good, too, though. You look I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's motivation. Right. That's, That's it. I can't do it at the house. Bowflex was great home gyms. I mean, it worked yeah. me good. Yeah, I've had but a Bowflex I, home gym. I, I like no it. motivation for it. Yeah. Now, if, if that's uh, the case, then go to the gym. By all means, go to the gym. Uh, I think, that's the only thing that's, that I have. Uh, cholesterol, one, let's talk just one thing about cholesterol. My cholesterol was out of whack. It was 366 total, which I don't worry about cholesterol. Right. But my LDL was uh, 307. And my HDL so. was uh, 49. My triglycerides were 75. reason it was at that because it was a Christmas time, and you know how you eat at Christmas on the holidays. Your triglycerides but, are low. That's actually a really good number for triglycerides. Your HDL, I'll, we'd like to see that higher. The LDL is kind of off the charts. Um you know the 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 one thing we recommend yeah. when when LDL is high, and there's a new article I just I just uh, bookmarked the other day because I didn't have time to read it, but it was an article about high LDL on keto or carnivore diets and whether or not we should even worry about it or try to treat it. Problem is, I didn't get a chance to read it yet, so I'll have to go back to it. But I I fixed it. I took uh, oh, good. niacin and uh, good. red yeast rice. Oh yeah, and my. Yep. My numbers was 201, and my LDL went from 307 to 143. And my triglycerides went to 39, and my HDL went to 59. That's within a six-month period of taking in two pills. Excellent. Excellent. You know, you're, you're pretty good at this. You, you, you're reading, you're paying attention, you're trying things, you're following things. That's excellent. I, I think I would work on this one yourself for a little while. Yeah, the reason I did that because I did a particle separation test and it was borderline. It was in a lot of yellow. Okay. That scared me. Okay. So that's why I went on in two pills and uh, good. dropped it down. It was, you know, out of whack. No, that's excellent. You know, that's what scared me. The LDL was keep going. It was keep climbing. Every time I took six month blood test, it keep going up. Well, yeah, something. And they got, I got scared. Yeah, no, I would too. That's that's unusual, and we shouldn't see that. So, but again, I, you're you're good at this. You're in tune with your body. You're you're willing to go read and do the research and try things, and and it's working. And I I would much rather see somebody do these things on their own. 
So, so give this one a try. Yeah. I'm not too worried about this platelet count right now. So it's not like any kind of emergency situation. I, I would work on this with the breathing, the yogurt, and a lot of resistance training. And let's see what happens. And the instinct watch, uh, I got one limb and my ba- battery, body battery keeps, man, it's like you talk about Lisa. Mine stays around five. That I have gotten up to 80. You got to get back in the gym. I I will tell you what will fix this every time is my protocol. And the gym is a part of that. And, And it's probably the actual resistance training may be the biggest part of this that helps our body battery and our stress levels stay where we want them. Well, I have a lot of stress according to the, Parts. That so that's I've and that sometimes seventy five eighty. Those two go hand in hand. When your body battery is low, it will be because your stress level is high. That those two absolutely go hand in hand. We're reading the same number. We're reading that HRV number to calculate that. So they they always work inverse. When your stress is high, your body battery will drop fast. If your stress is low, your body battery will stay high. And my heart rate used to be in the 40s. Now it stays between, it'll get up sometimes to 120. I'm not doing that. And it don't stay, it stays in 60 to 80 a lot of times. 60 to 80 is. I don't understand that. Yeah, 60 to 80 is completely normal. Wouldn't worry about that at all. Why it was low, I don't know. And I don't know why mine's low. My average, the last time I looked, was 47, I think. And it shouldn't be. I mean, that, that's elite endurance athlete level, and that is not me. Uh, I don't work out anywhere near enough, especially cardio, to have a heart rate like that. But I can't find any other reason why it's like that. Now, when you start seeing those spikes up to 120, what you may want to pay attention to um, is did it happen after within – an hour or two after you ate, and what did you eat that may have caused it? That may actually be a food reaction. Yeah, it could be. Uh, a lot of times it just spikes uh, when I'm driving down the road. Okay. Um, kind, of, kind of worried. Uh, yeah. Like I hey, said, I have so, as much cardio. I was heavy lifter. Yeah, so you, you've got some weird cardio issues going on. If you don't get this kind of figured out and resolved in, you know, maybe 60 to 90 days, I might consider a consult with Dr. Wolfson. Yeah, I was fixing to do that with my AFib. Yeah, well, uh, definitely with the AFib. Yeah, he he can help you a lot with that. But, you know, we've got the platelets, which is a blood issue. Uh, We've got the AFib. We've got this weird, you know, heart rate issue going on once in a while. I think that this would be a a case for Dr. Wolfson. Yeah, my chiropractor, uh, he's studying the functional medicine. Uh, His brother-in-law is Josh Ash. Oh, okay. Yeah, Dr. Axe is excellent. So he has a lot of knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. He has a lot of knowledge. Um, Dr. Axe probably has one of the best websites in the business. I mean, I use his website all the time to look stuff up. Yeah, he's got a lot of information on that. Uh, uh, One one last question, Kevin, uh, about politics. Yeah. Uh, I know you're not a conspiracy theorist, but 
the path the Democrats is on, uh, to ticking off all the uh, Democrats, the Hispanics, the blacks, and all that. Uh, some reason it just makes me think they're not coming out of office in November. Something's gonna come up uh, to keep them in that office. That's you know by looking what happened. That's what I'm worried about. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, they're not changing their path. No. They're getting worse and worse. I've been saying this, that no matter how many polls come out and their numbers keep getting worse, they don't seem to care. They double and triple down on these policies that nobody seems to like. Their own party doesn't even want this stuff. So then I wonder, look, they're not stupid people. I mean, AOC might be, but... Uh, they're, they're not. I mean, yeah. you know, come on. They've got some intelligence, and I can't understand what they're doing, and that scares me. Like, they don't care because they know they're not going to end up out of power, and I don't get it. Well, they need to hit Phoenix vote, and they're down to 19% of uh, uh, It's awful. And, uh, I know. Like this bill that and, and here's the thing. And I would venture to say, sorry to interrupt, but I would venture to say that if they would do just one thing, if they would actually focus on the border and go do something, their Hispanic support would probably double. Well, they're letting everything go. That's the border open. Uh, Not doing nothing about the border. It's over, I think it was 135 different countries coming through the border. Well, exactly. They let China bought billion dollars of land next to uh, uh, the military site. I know. Not do nothing know. about that. And uh, China uh, sent Pelosi over there to Taiwan for some reason. She we had nobody over there since nineteen ninety seven. And and now and, and now we're they're like, like this plan. Yeah, now it's like we're best friends with Taiwan all of a sudden. We're over there again and aggravating China. And not that I'm afraid of China, but you don't poke the bear if you don't have to. And we don't have to with this Taiwan thing. I don't know why we're doing this. Um but it it the the Democrats right now I, I'm worried. Um, and you know, go back to the border. If you think it pisses us off that we have an open border, you talk to Hispanics that did the, did it the right way that worked and sacrificed and did what they had to do to become citizens here. They really hate the fact that now they're, we're just letting people walk in. Well, something going on with the fentanyl too. All of a sudden it's coming in there, uh, killing people left and right. Why would drug dealers kill their own people? Well, I can't understand. Well, over 100,000 people dying. Of let, me, let me explain it to you. There's actually a really simple answer to this, but it's kind of crazy. So this is a topic that I've studied and followed for years. I'm just fascinated by addiction. And um, so here's what happens in the drug world. Um, you know, drug worlds are pretty local. You know, the block, the corner or whatever, you know, same dealers, same people, same addicts. This is what happens when a new bat, and it used to just be heroin, let's put fentanyl out of this for a while. Heroin, by the time it makes it to the street, has been stepped on and cut so many times that it's nowhere near pure heroin anymore. But that also means you're going to have a wide variation. You're going to have stuff that, you know, really got stepped on so hard that people almost get no effect out of it. But then you might get some stuff that happened to make it to the street without, you know, eight people in between. And it's still pretty pure. When that happens, 
and that that new batch hits the streets if and this is also why heroin dealers actually brand their product they name it so that you know it starts to people start to recognize it so if i'm a heroin dealer and i say hey i have my new triple x you know heroin on the market and somebody ods everybody runs to me to buy it that's how they think Heroin addicts and now fentanyl addicts, because just think of fentanyl as really, really, fentanyl is assault heroin. Think about it like that. Um, It's just really, really powerful heroin is what it is. They're virtually identical. But addicts get to the point where they can't get high anymore. They, They just take the drugs so that they don't get sick and go into withdrawals, but they don't really enjoy it anymore. They don't get high anymore unless they can get really powerful heroin. Then they can get high again. So, and that's what they want. So when somebody dies of an overdose, everybody runs to that dealer. Well, a fentanyl, I mean, I had a new story about a woman picked up a dollar bill she's seen on the floor and passed out. Uh, oh, it's happened. It, it's happened to law enforcement personnel have, have ended up in the hospital over touching something that had fentanyl. But the but the thing is, so if you and I, we, we've never taken fentanyl in our life, I'm assuming you haven't. Um, it would only take two grains and, and a grain is like the size of a piece of salt, a grain of salt. It would only take two grains of heroin or fentanyl to kill you and I almost immediately. People who take fentanyl, though, build up tolerances over time, and they can handle incredible amounts of fentanyl without dying. Here's where they end up dying. Yeah. This is a really common pattern. They finally go to detox and, and you know therapy, and they end up quitting for a month or two. And then they go back. And when they go back, they take the same dose they used to take and it'll kill them. Hmm. That's the number one reason yeah. for, yeah. for um, overdose deaths is somebody quit, lost their tolerance, and they go back and take it and it kills them. Hmm. Well, say I read that book you recommend, The End of the World is Just Beginning. Yeah. Yeah, we can't be attacked from the outside. So we are going to be attacked from the inside. What's going on with China buying all this land up and everything? Yeah, that's, that's drugs a, coming across the border. That's a good point. You know, they're going to be like a like a Trojan horse. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I'm at least a little optimistic because we still have time to change that. I'm just not sure how we're going to do it, and unless we can get people to vote differently. Well, the Democrats, well, if Democrats don't come out of office. We through. We done. I agree. I, I mean, agree. We're dumb. I'm, I'm at, and it just their course they own just scared me. It, after I seen what happened, how they did in 2020, and you know Biden and Harris was not the best candidate that could. Oh my get. god! They picked the I, two worst candidates. I know. Why? I, Why it, did they pick the two worst? I have no idea. You know? I have no idea. I don't either. You know the only thing and I, I hear me was the, coming up in November. The one thing that did happen, and honestly. So this is the weird thing. If you go back and we look at the election, there was a point where it looked like Bernie Sanders was about to come out as the front runner. And that's when everything changed. Yeah. And the Democrats turned on him and they did they wanted anybody except him. But what I don't understand is why because they're pushing his agenda now. Why didn't we just elect him? We're we're pushing his whole agenda. 
if he couldn't be controlled like Biden. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, you might be right. Biden, his mindset. They can control him so easy. Oh yeah, and you know he he does anything what they tell him to. Yeah, he's but a he's, Harris, a, he's oh, a puppet. That was, that was a oh. joke. Well, but come on, she. I just I hope that don't. She didn't even really fight talking like I'm in first grade. In the primary, she didn't even get the the most votes from her own damn state. Well, Democrats hated hated her before she even ran. Yeah. Biden didn't like her. I know. Well, you know? but and but picked her. But you know what? He said he had to have a, a woman of color. Oh, I, it, find it, somebody it, off the street voting her. I, I agree. It's uh, But it's pure identity politics. That's all that matters to them. But, you know, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I don't think something. I think it's well, going to deal not with the virus this time. I think it's going to do with China and Russia. I, I'm I'm having the same yeah. I, I'm having the same fears as you are. Just don't know what it is yet, but we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on it. So call me back. We'll talk about it. All right, I'm going to head off to Oklahoma this time. Paul, welcome to the program. Howdy. What's on your mind uh, today? Anything AOC ever bought? Only well, oil change. But hang on. <laughs> only thing AOC ever brought to the table was a drink. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's not exactly road scholar material. I'll tell you that. <laughs> road kill is what she should. Be. So, um, yeah. There you go. The, I, I use TA Petro when I get an oil change. Okay. So the the ultimate PM they call it. So you get your oil change, they loop the tractor, loop your trailer, change all your filters, change your oil, everything. Cummins, Shell Rotella, full synthetic, and usually it costs me about 580 bucks for oil okay. change. Yeah, so that it, it's yep. up. I mean, that's you're getting a lot, and it's synthetic and all that. I get it, but that that's that's up significantly. Yep. I mean, there's there's no doubt. Um, some of the other numbers, like I said, I just didn't want to get too deep into them today because I had so many calls. Yeah. Um, but main, they they went through expenses and maintenance costs were way up. Um, you know, Joel gave us some yep. numbers from Ploger's fleet last week that are about one third. Yeah, they blew me away. Yeah, yeah, they're about one third of what the industry <laughs> average is. Oh, my 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 one visit to Pittsburgh Power the other day. Yeah. If if I if I base my year on one hundred and twenty thousand miles, that one visit cost me twelve point five cents a mile <laughs> for, the, for the year. But I, yeah. yeah. Well, that was that was a that was a turbo. Clean the DPF. Run an overhead. Um, there was a few things on there. I can't remember everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, I wish I could have my maintenance cost as low as what Joel's got his down. So, That's incredible. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, yeah. So, but I do own my own trailer, which well, I and do have a whole another set of problems with that. So and, the car carrier is a little bit more. Can be a little bit more expensive than a box trailer. I, I was just going to say, you you spend you know significant more maintaining a, a car hauler than you do a van or a flatbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I replaced two pieces of decking earlier this year off one deck because it split, and it's aluminum, and it was eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, I got there. And yeah. I was gone six hours later. 
Yeah. And I, I took my old aluminum with me to <laughs> use it for patches. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. $1,800 for $3 worth of aluminum. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I guess it takes a lot of beer cans to make a section <laughs> of decking for my trailer. So. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so. That's all I got today. All right. That's all I need. Thanks for the call. And we are going to wrap it up. We're just about at the two-hour mark today. Uh, Calls were a little slow to come in, but then they certainly picked up nicely. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up today, and we will see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour and the Pit, both. Um, Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy, always. Do the hard work and master the journey.